0: Welcome back to the Highway to Health Podcast, and thanks for connecting with us again on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. In this episode of the podcast, Dr. Ben Kligler from the Veterans Administration will be returning to discuss some techniques that were once considered outside normal procedures becoming more mainstream to treat pain. Dr. Kligler will also be talking about how mental health and physical health are connected, as well as the value of spending time outdoors. Dan Ronan will be your host for this edition of the High Wet Health Podcast. And now let's hand it off to Dan for his feature interview with Dr. Ben Kligler from the Veterans Administration.
1: We are joined this morning by Dr. Ben Kligler. He is with us. He is the Executive Director for the Office of Patient-Centered Care and Cultural Transformation with the Veterans Health Administration, the VA, and in the email is benjamin.kligler, K-L-I-G-L-E-R, at va.gov. A little bit of an overview of the whole health idea and the concept is that it is the recognition that if a person focuses on what matters to them and what they want for their health, the VA can help them achieve optimal health with self and clinical care. An example for those in the long distance trucking business, like many of those in our audience, if you wish to be able to go out and have some fun, have more mobility, more flexibility, but maybe you have something like chronic knee or hip pain from all those miles on the road, the VA can offer such services as yoga, acupuncture, and other treatments to get you feeling the best so you can be more mobile and live your best life and the circle of life has key four elements and we will ask the doctor to explain what some of those elements are. Doctor, this is the first time that our schedules have overlapped where we are in the same place at the same time and glad to make your acquaintance via the airwaves. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yes, same here and thanks for having me today.
1: Doctor, what are some of the key elements to staying healthy, and how does a person define what healthy is? I have a son who's in his 30s now who is very, very physically fit, and if he gets his body fat index above a certain point, he goes into a full-fledged panic, and he'll do what he can to get himself in better shape. But other folks don't have quite those standards, so what is the definition of optimal health?
2: Well, I think that point you just made really is right to the center of it. It's really (laughs) something that people have to define for themselves what's important to you what does health look like for you we've always at least in the healthcare system and with physicians and we've always decided that it's up to us to define health does it mean okay your diabetes is under control or whatever health problem whatever disease you have we're taking care of it but the fact is just like you just said with your son health is bigger than that health is what's important to you in your life and how close do you feel you're getting to achieving that or being connected with that so really it's different for different people and I I think that's one of the things that really distinguishes this idea of whole health is that the patient has to define what health is for them, not the doctor. I think that's a big, important difference
1: there. And it also changes over time, doesn't it? I mean, I'm in my early 60s now. My definition of health, you happen to mention diabetes. Okay, I've shared with the listeners before that I'm type 2. I've been type 2 for, gosh, 20 years. But my definition of health is my A1C as close to 6.0 as I can get. Mm -hmm. That's always sort of my goal. I'm always shooting for 6.1, 6.2, and usually I'm pretty close to that. So my definition of health has changed as I've gotten older.
2: Yeah, I think that happens, and sometimes that's related to a specific condition, and sometimes it's related to maybe something like mobility. So maybe when you were 40, your definition of being in good shape was run five miles, and maybe now it's being able to walk five miles. And it can even go all the way to when people are extremely ill, and we wouldn't even say that they were healthy in any way. But at that point, your health can be more about, let's say, your connections with your friends and family or your spiritual health it really changes all the way through the cycle of your life and i think that's really important to know that when we meet somebody as a physician or as a nurse or a healthcare system you know we have to think okay where is this person now Mm -hmm. Where were they 10 years ago or 20 years ago i think that's really
1: really important we've heard so much also too doctors through the pandemic That we've heard so much about the issue of mental health and that we are just now, I think, beginning to really understand that physical health and your mental health really do work on both parallel tracks, but they are deeply intertwined with each other too, aren't they?
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, you can be perfectly healthy in every respect physically, but just not be getting what you want to be out of your life, whether it's because of anxiety or depression or loneliness or whatever it might be. So I think not making such a big divide between physical and mental health, they're really interconnected doing things to address your physical health has an impact on your mental health and same thing vice versa. If you do things to take care of yourself, whether it's psychologically or spiritually or emotionally, it's going to turn out to have a benefit in terms of your physical health as well.
1: That's another thing too, doctor, because of the fact we have longer days, we have a chance to get more sunlight, maybe get exposed more to the natural sunlight, spend more time out, be out, maybe be a little more physically active. This is a good thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking especially about maybe folks who are long-haul truckers and how often do you actually get out and enjoy the daylight and enjoy the opportunity to be outside. There's actually a lot of science now that says spending more time outdoors can really have a lot of health benefits, not only mental health benefits, but physical health as well. I mean, it's great if you want to go outside and take a vigorous walk or do something like that. But even if you're just talking about sitting outside in a lawn chair, even just that can have a real health benefit. So you don't have to necessarily say, well, if I'm not exercising or I'm not going for a run, I shouldn't get up and go outside. But just being outside can have a real benefit for you. Because I always think about when you were little and your mom was aggravated with you and she used to say, go Go outside, kids. (laughs) Part of that was get out of my hair, but part of that was also mother's intuition that being outside makes people calmer, it makes them happier, it just takes care of so many things.
1: I'm glad you mentioned the outside thing because I had had a particularly busy weekend with a million different activities going on. Yesterday afternoon, we went out, we have a deck on the house and then a little patio below the deck, and we've got some beautiful lawn chairs and stuff like that. Put the chair back to about a 45 degree angle. About three o'clock in the afternoon, I fell asleep in a chair and it was wonderful. I woke up after about a half hour and I felt completely refreshed and invigorated. I even got a good drool going during the nap.
2: <laughs> That's right. We talk about this circle of health, where we've got all these different areas, these eight different areas, where you can sort of help support your health and do what we call self-care. So you actually tackle two of them at once. One of them is kind of the surroundings or environment, paying attention to that, and another one is called recharge or sleep. So you really get a gold star because you took a nap outside. So it's
1: a covered porch, so I wasn't exposed to too much sunlight. We're fortunate that we've got a really beautiful amount of shade in the backyard. But if you're under the deck, you've got cover and even that cover of it It starts to drizzle a little bit. Doctor, we're going to pause for a break. We are in conversation with the good
0: doctor. Our guest is Dr. Ben. He is with us. You're listening to the High Wet Health Podcast on Podwheels powered by Radio Nemo. If you would like to stay up to date on what's happening with Radio Nemo, please visit radionemo.com. You'll see the latest on the Dave Nemo Show, Dave Nemo Weekends, and the Tim Ridley Show. RadioNemo.com also has a blog section with news and notes from around the trucking industry. That web address is again RadioNemo.com. Now folks, if you'd like to go further down the highway to health, we'd like to invite you to listen to the Dave Nemo Show on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio Channel 146. The trip down the highway to health on the Dave Nemo Show happens every Tuesday morning from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Now let's get you back to this edition of the Highway to Health Podcast on Podwheels powered by Radio Nemo.
1: We are in conversation this morning with Dr. Ben Kligler. He is the Executive Director for the Office of Patient Centered Care and Cultural Transformation with the Veterans Health Administration. Doctor, I was noticing in some of the notes that you'd provided this morning about your background and some of the things that you practice in medicine, techniques that were once considered a little unusual in medicine, such as acupuncture and acupressure, have become much, much more accepted and relied upon by medical professionals such as yourself to provide people with some relief for pain issues for things like treatment of chronic illnesses and much much more accepted how did this come about
2: It's been a combination of factors, I think. Over time, more and more scientific evidence from actual clinical studies has kind of emerged gradually about the effectiveness of things like acupuncture or meditation or even yoga. So now when you go to the medical journals and you search for is acupuncture good for back pain, is yoga good for XYZ? you will find actual formal studies looking at that. So that's one part of it is that it helps us talk about it with our medical colleagues and it helps them feel more comfortable recommending it. So that's one thing. And then another factor really has been the fact that especially in relationship to pain, people have gotten kind of disillusioned with some of the pain medications. I mean, especially taking opioids for chronic pain. As it turns out, they cause incredible side effects. They increase your risk of becoming addicted to using them and to potentially overdose. And they also don't work that well and they have a lot of side effects. So over the last seven or eight years, or maybe 10 years now since we have started to realize that, people have started to really look at what we would call non-pharmacological treatments for pain, things like acupuncture, yoga, even other things like physical therapy or something like a mental health approach too, things that don't require you to take a medication. I think again, just to bring this back to your audience, I think people who are truckers who do have some chronic pain issues, you can't afford to be drowsy while you're at work. You have to be looking for another approach that helps you control that pain without having to deal with some of the side effects of some of the pain medications. I think it's really a combination of factors that's moving those things kind of forward and I think fortunately for us and fortunately for the veteran population. The VA has been very, what you might say, progressive or forward thinking in terms of actually making some of these things part of the standard medical benefits. So if you're a veteran, you can go to your VA now and expect to have acupuncture covered or expect to have yoga covered or chiropractic. That's not true necessarily of a lot of health systems out there. Some of them you're still going to end up paying out of pocket. And if you're a veteran and you use the VA for care, you will be able to just get those things the way you would get any kind of part of your routine care. And I think that really is a testament to how VA is willing to kind of go out and be innovative in the name of helping veterans. It's just a great step that they've taken over the last few years. But I don't think enough people are aware of it yet. I don't think enough of the veterans who might benefit from it are quite aware of it. So I'm glad if there are people out there who don't know about this yet, so I'm glad to have the opportunity to share that. Happening all over healthcare, not just in the VA.
1: Well, that's a great point because these non-traditional medications and treatments, in many cases, will provide a more focused area of treatment than, let's say, taking some sort of a prescription pain med, which I always felt was sort of like, yes, if you have chronic pain or you are in the final (laughs) stages of life and you're battling cancer, certainly you would want a morphine patch or something like that to mitigate the pain. But it seems as though sometimes these pain meds that you speak of doctor, it's like using a ball peen hammer when we can be much more focused and we can be much more centered on the area of the pain rather than numbing the whole body because you've got a slipped disc or a back problem.
2: Absolutely. I think the other thing about some of these approaches, let's say it's yoga or take mindfulness meditation, is they can help you focus on the particular pain, but then they're also going to have some other benefits in terms of your overall well-being. They might help you feel calmer overall. They might help you be more focused, as opposed to some of the medications, which are going to make you feel less focused, more drowsy, less able to do the things you want. So I think it's a real win-win. And the other thing I would say is people like the idea of being able. do something for themselves not just take a pill but being able to sort of use their own internal resources and say okay well i can do something about this and maybe that's even as simple as taking a walk or stretching every day or whatever it might be it doesn't have to be acupuncture But then it becomes kind of what you might call empowering. The idea Mm -hmm. that you can do something for your own health and then that can have a lot, a lot of echoes down the road in terms of people feeling like, well, it's not, I don't just have to always be taking a pill or doing this. Nothing wrong with that, of course. But at the same time, don't you want to have more options? So there are some things where you absolutely need a medication and then there are other things where, well, maybe medication is right for you or maybe another approach is right. I think opening your eyes up to that is really empowering for a lot of people.
1: Well, the other thing, too, is that I don't know much about the VA, the day-to-day operations, the VA and stuff. But it always struck me is that the VA, like a lot of medical providers, is kind of stodgy and kind of slow to make change. I'm making a general assumption here. And the fact that your medical operation in the VA has been more open and willing to look at some alternative type of treatments seems to me to be a good thing. It seems to me that it's got good leadership, especially at the hospital level and at the caregiver level.
2: Yeah, absolutely agree. And and I think, to be honest, VA doesn't always get the credit it deserves. Sometimes the stories about how stodgy it is, or maybe some of our buildings are old, and maybe there are some things that really need fixing. But At the same time, VA actually is extremely innovative and really willing to try new things. And a lot of that is because there's just such a commitment to helping veterans and feeling like, okay, this might be a little different or a little new or a little kind of out of the mainstream, but if it's going to work for veterans, That's our job, and we don't have to be kind of held back from trying something new. So over the years, VA has actually been pretty innovative in trying out some new things, and then some of them have actually really caught on with the rest of the health system as well over the years. So, yeah, I think, to be honest, VA doesn't quite do a good enough job letting people know about all the great things about the health system. And I do think this is one of them that we're going into this space of being more open to incorporating different kinds of approaches to health into what we do, kind of on a day to day. And you're absolutely right; the leadership is key. So all the way down from the secretary, the undersecretary, to the people that run the facilities and the clinicians that are working on the front line, we're just seeing a lot of openness and receptivity to this idea of whole health and this idea of just opening up the toolbox. We have some challenges that people are dealing with. Why not bring in all the potential tools that might help why limit ourselves
1: got about three minutes left real quickly You guys treat people who are some of the most badly injured, badly wounded people that hospitals will ever see. Here's the other thing. Your Vietnam veteran veterans now, they're all in their 70s. Their Korean veterans are in their 80s. The World War II veterans are in their 90s. These are folks that are having increasing health challenges as they get older and as they lose their mobility, all these things. So you've got heavily wounded people who require heavy-duty treatment, and you've got an aging population to treat.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of focus in VA on being able to reach out to the elders and a lot of interesting focus now on trying to figure out innovative ways to provide care like actually in the home so veterans can stay home with their family and be where they want to be and still get that high quality medical care. And there's some great programs in VA that are expanding that are really focused on that. The other thing is that VA is really beefing up its support for the caregivers because part of taking care of those elders is really helping support the family member or whoever it is who's really taking care of them. So I think that's another area where we are working to be really proactive to make sure we provide what people need. Absolutely.
1: If our listeners would like to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Or if they have questions about some sure. of these patient-centered type of treatments that are being offered? Because as you know, we have a lot of truck drivers who are veterans. How can they reach out to you and your team?
2: Sure. Well, so there's a couple of ways. The first thing you should do is go to our website, which is va.gov slash whole health, W-H-O-L-E health. And that's got tons of information. One of the things that's on there, if you are a veteran, is there is a list of the contact people at every single VA medical center who are working on whole health. And you can look up your medical center and find it there. You're also welcome to email me, that is, if you can spell my name, <laughs> which is benjamin.cligler at va.gov. I'm always happy to hear from folks and happy to answer any questions. But I would really recommend checking out the website, va.gov slash wholehealth. It's really got a lot of great
1: info. And the last name is spelled, let me give it to you drivers, K-L-I-G-L-E-R, Benjamin, conventional spelling, and then at va.gov. Doctor, it's been a real pleasure. I hope we get the opportunity to do this again.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. That closes out this edition of the Highway Health Podcast. We would like to take this opportunity to thank you once again for spending part of your day with us on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. Now, folks, you can always find the Highway to Health podcast through Podwheels powered by Radio Nemo. And let's tell you about a few of the outlets where the podcast is available. You can listen to all of the episodes of the Highway to Health podcast through our website. Or you can subscribe to the podcast through all of the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Just go to wherever you get your podcast and search Highway to Health. The Highway to Health Podcast is a production of Pod Wheels powered by Radio Nemo.